Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 8th of March 2012. Newcomers, help yourself to the free audios for download at cuttingthroughthematrix.com and hopefully if you start near the beginning and maybe work your way through, you'll, you'll understand this system you're born into, this incredibly well thought out, well planned, well organized system you're born into that gives you a fake reality. And, and from cradle to grave, in fact, and they cater to every single generation and subsequent generations too. They plan the future from all the data they've collected from the past. And I'm talking about an awful lot of data from, from a very, very long past. You're living in a, an incredible system thought out by uh, people who'd run the planet for an awful long time to do with money, uh, nations, wars, all of that thing, that kind of thing, and how to get the perfect societies to, to basically obey them through laws, dictates, education, which is indoctrination. And now, of course, we're working on further ways to indoctrinate the children and even eventually create a new species of slaves, basically. That's what it is, really. When you really, you cannot help get past that, uh, that point when you read so many different articles in the medical magazines, science magazines, bioethical magazines, and so on. You can't get away from the fact they're working together to bring in a new species, basically, um, that'll be awfully obedient, won't need entertainment or, or money even for that matter. Kind of like Seven of Nine in an old Star Trek series. And, um, you also get put into a cubicle at night and, and fed some, some drip or something. And you'll, you'll work very, very well. Never, ever think about rebelling against a, a tyranny whatsoever. That's a system they're bringing in as we live, in fact. And we are helping it because, you see, our tax money all goes towards it to all these, these big scientific institutions and laboratories that are working pell-mell to bring this about. Meanwhile, we're distracted with the usual stuff of wars as the, the big boys who own the world, basically, and created the world system through their uh, amalgamations of nations. They call treaties, of course, United Nations. And um, they're pretty well pulling the whole thing off as we live right now. And people are up in, up in the air about it. They don't know what to do. They still think they've got nations, even though Professor Quigley and others who worked at the Council on Foreign Relations back in the 1960s, said you haven't had an American president or a British prime minister, Canadian prime minister, for over 60 years. That was in the 1960s, he said that. They all belong to this big global club that puts men in position, and they don't plan anything. They just sign documents. Their job is for you to throw tomatoes at and vote somebody else in the next day. This stops you from rebelling, you see. works very, very well. So anyway, help yourself to the audios. Remember, too, you bring me to you. You can buy the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com, hopefully. And I can sort of just trickle on a little bit further because it's tight here. I don't run this as a business. And um, I'm not expanding it in some sort of conglomerate. It's just a, a, a way to get the information out to the public. And I started way back years ago talking about the Tavistock Institute, uh, the Club of Rome, 
uh, eugenics, uh, psychopathy, all that stuff is spread like welfare and it's good everybody else has picked up on it and, and they're pushing it because that's the system you live under. The psychopaths believe they're the, they are the fittest and they've got the right to survive. And their proof is in the fact that they are at the top of the financial and power tree. That's all the proof they have to, to go by. That's all they need. And they're true Darwinians. They didn't sit back and say, okay, well, eventually the, the, the working peoples will overtake us. Uh, what will we do about it? Just wait and see. Now, they planned a global society, a scientifically planned society, long, long ago. And they'd love to write about it in their own books. Go through the audios, you'll find out many of the books and the names of those who wrote them. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back and we're cutting through the matrix. Money's at the bottom of everything, of course, because those who own the money and create it and seem to have the entitlement to it, it's like a, a, a charter from God or something, and they just go ahead and it's the natural way to be that these, these particular characters are always in charge of the cash system. It's ancient, absolutely. Wars in ancient times couldn't have come about without cash or some kind of payment to the troops, you see. Troops go home if you're just giving them uh, a little bit of bread and butter. Uh, it just doesn't work. They go home, you see, so you could pay them a wage. And, uh, of course, even when they coined money, uh, the wars really took off around 800 B.C., and because then the lenders then could take over countries through debt and then use the country's uh, armies to go invade another country and then push their own system in as they went along with following them behind the wars. That went on for hundreds of years, in fact, as so-called empires pushed to, to you know, tame barbarians and all that rubbish. And, and really, it was just a tax of people, but first had to come the money guys along with the troops, uh, force the money on the public and then tax it back from them. Great, great system, because when you're, you're earning cash and you get in trouble through debt, you always think it's your own fault, you see. And governments pretend it's the same with them too. Oh, I just didn't see this coming. Even though they have all these panels of experts and economists that they're supposedly looking after their budgets. It's an utter con game, and it's a scam, and everybody involved in it knows it. Everybody knows it. Years ago on BBC in England, they showed uh, a documentary, was Man Alive, or, or what it was, or... Uh, but anyway, they showed a documentary on the other side of economics, and, and it's all ex-economists that taught at universities uh, who all admitted one after the other the whole thing was a, a con game. E- even their science was a con. It's all a con game. After all, you get put in debtor's prison if you don't pay your debts. Government doesn't, you see. No one suffers at the top. It's just the population that always suffers. If you went back to the same mechanic for your car getting fixed and wheels kept dropping off, you wouldn't go back to them anymore, but you keep voting these guys in. You're trained to, you see. You're trained. And we've, we've all been raped. The whole planet's been raped by the money boys. And, and no doubt, for, for two or three years long before, even four years before the last bank crash, as they called it, came about, the big boys knew it was coming. They all sat together, the big boys, big banks, and had their tete-a-tetes and says, well, the governments uh, will have to bail us out because we're too big to fail. They need us, you see. But we have given them the only system that they have or no. It's all planned that way. And they got all their, their personal cash out. 
and you're still paying it off, and still well, you're, if you if you do have grandchildren, if you're not sterile, but then your, your great grandchildren will still be paying off this this last debt here, and then they're back to give themselves billions and millions. Same with the big Ford and, and GM guys too. The CEO of Ford just gave himself an enormous amount of money in the millions. And they, we bailed them out as well. Even though they went offshore. <laughs> anyway, here you are again, you see, because you never learn, do you? A report released today by Goldman Sachs, who basically run the world, it seems, you know, along with the World Bank, says that if push comes to shove, this is them telling government now, this is the banks that you bailed out now telling government. Goldman Sachs that owns the military industrial complex, all the corporations under it, they own them. If push comes to shove, the federal government will pay its lenders before it pays Social Security and Medicare beneficiaries. Debt service should be seen as a top claim on government resources in most cases, said the Goldman analysis. These are the guys that had them bailing. We were bailing them all out recently. So on the one hand, the idea that lenders come first is blatantly obvious. Just look at what happened last summer when the government tied itself in knots to make sure it didn't default on bond payments. Of course, lenders stand at the head of the line for taxpayers' money. On the other hand, if things got really bad in the U.S., as in Greek bad, the priority of payments could start to flip. At some point, as we've seen in Athens, citizens rise up against lenders and insist that the country protects its own ill and elderly before it pays faceless creditors at home and abroad. So it's interesting for all concerned creditors and beneficiaries of the federal governments alike to understand how much the government owes to them. You understand that your government system isn't yours, and, and what they're, they're pretending to do is still govern, pretending, because, you see, they're defunct as well. They're obsolete. They don't have to go through the motions of everything, you know, paying lip service to the public once in a blue moon, uh, as we go through this global change into the transition of the new world society. That's all they're there for. And believe, they all know it. That's why they're ripping. Everyone's got their hand in the cookie jar and they're ripping off the taxpayers like crazy right now. Personal. See, into this new world system, you could be utterly stinking loaded, loaded to get in and to come through and survive. And they all know it. That's why they're really helping themselves. But you don't get that chance, you see. Now, they're part two of this scientifically organized and controlled society it was to get in the carbon taxes, a new substitute for working and producing stuff, you see. So you're going to pay all your extra cash that you would pay for a new whatever, like worthless computers that keep packing in, even though they're a year old. Um, stuff like that, you're going to constantly buying and, and buying new stuff all just to replace with your basic necessities. And they're making sure that you need the computer, you see. Half the post office in the U.S. is being slashed. They're shutting them down all over. The writing's on the wall. It's going to be email only for everything in the near future. So you've got to get the computers. So they give you the junk and you buy them, and they last a little while. And then, of course, you toss them for the next thing. So it's all your spending money will eventually go on basic necessities. And I mean food and rent and mortgages. As long as you have private property, that's to go as well, of course, according to Agenda 21. So there's bigger crashes to come, you see. Even Karl Marx, too, the first meetings of Karl Marx and the Society of Just Men, as they call themselves, 
they, they actually uh, talked about that, the increasing taxes, including income taxes and property taxes and inheritance taxes. So even if your dad could leave his, some of his saved pension money up, uh, you wouldn't get it. You see, the government would tax it from you. And you think they're all just right-wing and left-wing. It's only one bird here. It's got one bird that needs two wings to fly. And this, this is the system you live in. It's, it's a con game. So the high priests of global warming have lost their prestige and the realists are winning the debate. This is by Dellingpool, of course. And he goes on about being on a talk show and he didn't get all the old callers calling in climate, a climate denier and all these nasty things. And he was kind of puzzled by it, but everyone knows it's a con, but it doesn't matter. You see, it got what it wanted. It's got global carbon taxes and things like that. Plus, you've got a, a bunch of children at the bottom, utterly indoctrinated like the little red shirts of, of Russia, young communist society, or the, the, the Hitler youth. Same thing. Once you indoctrinate them at that stage, they'll still believe it. doesn't matter what the evidence is against it. They'll still believe it. So it doesn't matter. They got what they wanted. And that's what they say. They got to win, you see. They do win. Logic and reason and fact has nothing to do with it. They won, even though everyone knows it's a con. And more and more scientists have come out afterwards. Yeah, yeah, it's a con. Yeah, doesn't matter. They did win, you see. And austerity means that you have to pay fees, fees, and fees, and everything that you purchase, even your food. Eventually, they'll have how much carbon that tractor used to to, to plow up that field and harrow it and whole bit to plant those turnips or whatever, or those cabbages, and you only pay carbon tax on it, and you only eventually get your personal carbon bill for existing. Just like the Fabians pushed, you know. We live truly in a fantasy, and people like to go along with it, though. There's lots of entertainment out there. And recently I've been going through old sci-fi uh, movies and series that I never saw years ago. Uh, and it's amazing to see step by step over the years how they put all the PC updates, just like a computer program update, into their, their, their entertainment just steadily, 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 steadily. And then you've got women who look more muscular than the guys in space fighting all the aliens. And they're, they've, they've also got the top positions. And they're the mechanics too at the same time. Just amazing. The guys sort of, you know, you kind of squat around in the background there, kind of, kind of, kind of floppy, you know, floppy guys. And, uh, and all this stuff is pushed there, plus the language they bring into, until they have all the females talking like they thought guys used to. Guys never used to talk like that. This were absolutely absolutely drunk in the worst kind of pub. But this is the site they've brought in and everyone has been updated as I say and programmed for the next step and the next step and the next step. Meanwhile, of course, I've always I said years ago, you don't have to worry about foreign governments going to kill you. Your own government will do it very well and more efficiently. And I've over the years I've given updates as more information is released from declassified. They wait 50 years to declassify something. Then they tell you, yeah, we sprayed Norwich and a whole bunch of places in England with this virus, that virus, this gas, etc. And studied the results on the population. Same in Canada too. And Saskatoon, they, they, they sprayed the, the whole, the whole uh, city for, for a whole, well, it was eight days, low level aircraft from the US. Years ago, 1940, I think it was, with a particular virus and wait to see how it would affect the public. All with the, the cooperation of the Canadian government. Except that the public weren't told, of course. 
And here's one, another one to, uh, to admit, to add to the list. It's still going on, by the way, as you all know today. But here's another one to add to the list. Is UK government admitted they spray with viruses, BBC, and bacterium as well. It's a good little video. And, of course, then they get the, at the end, like all these videos, the government man comes out. I've been appointed. I'm impartial, of course. I'm a scientist, and I work at university. I'm totally impartial. He's made his life on grants working on bacterial warfare for the government. But I'm impartial, so I'll, I'll do an investigation, and I'll be very, very honest and impartial about it. Yeah, right. So this one goes into heavy spraying, with even with E. coli and different things. Uh, back in the, the 60s and into the 70s. So we've still got a whole bunch of years to go right down to the present. But we'll all be dead before they declassify that. Dead because we're being killed off as we speak. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix, and we are so easily conditioned, aren't we, really? We really are amazingly conditioned through a lifetime of watching TV ads and propaganda, they call them newscasts, uh, things like that, and even down to your national identity. Because, you see, the big boys under Bernays used all these tricks to, in advertising to create not only a, a consumer society for that time period, just like his successors have now given us uh, uh, austerity society, you see. But during the consumer society, they made you think that everything that you were buying, especially in the car industry, was, was yours. It was your company, like Ford or GM or whatever. These are international corporations. They're doing the same thing in China now and elsewhere as they did in the USA, even though they have more plants abroad. They're closing all the ones down inside the U.S. For years, they showed you the guy getting out with his Wrangler boots on and all that kind of stuff, you know, and a big hat. Made in America, built in America. These guys didn't give a damn. Who were you? Who was buying it as long as you were buying them? Then they'd jump off to China, and there's a little Chinese guy popping out there in a traditional Chinese outfit, and, and it's built in China, tough, you see. And, and we'd fall for it. And everybody's really ticked off when they, when they get up and move, like part of your, your heart was taken away. You see how you fall for this rubbish? This utter rubbish. International corporations mean international corporations. And they don't give a damn where they make them, as long as it's cheap labor. That's free trade for you. And remember, free trade came through the World Trade Organization and through the treaties signed by all the guys that you voted in across the world. Oh, yeah. Of course, they didn't mention it much when they're running for, for their office, but afterwards, and it was all in the papers and so on, you could have read it if you wanted to about free trade, where it was all supposed to go, because it was planned over a hundred years ago. <laughs> mm. So anyway... Uh, that's how they do things, you see, and you get attached to things thinking they're yours, and then they, they go away, and Aunt May's chocolates are made over in Taiwan or somewhere. So, I mean, th- th- that's just what happens in the world when you fall for the chronology and you watch that stupid television, and you raise your children on them too. So they get their indoctrination for their future, this plan for them, by people you'll never meet. And of course we go through these ridiculous wars that were all planned long ago 
and then came out publicly in the 90s with a whole list of countries that would be taken out. We're going through the same scenario as, oh, weapons of mass destruction, oh, now it's Iran has got a nuke, even though all the top generals across the world have said, no, Iran is not crazy, as Israel keeps saying, that you can't, they're too crazy, they're crazy people, that's what they keep saying in Israel. Everybody else parrots it, but the top generals say, no, they're not crazy, and they don't have anything close to what you're talking about as far as nuclear weapons go. You see, it's just, it's just on the list. If you're on the list, it's just tough luck, folks. It's the same if, if the government draws a list of, and they have lists of people to detain and pick up during times of strife within your own countries. You're all, I'm on it, we're all on it, if you've talked out at all about things. And they clash you A, B, C, and they color classification as well. You know, red, blue, green, all that kind of stuff. And um, if you're on the list, it's just tough cheese. That's, that's it. Doesn't matter what you say, it won't matter. Wouldn't matter if God came down by you and said, no, the guy's quite innocent. Doesn't matter. You're on the list. That's how it's done. They never change their list, you understand. Once they make it, they never change it. When they put an agenda out and get everybody to sign it, they never change it. And there's some incredible rubbish getting blasted out. Again, just like the last three countries that they've invaded. Same rubbish. Same verbatim rubbish. Same. Why change the formula when it works, eh? And what did they do to the countries afterwards? Well, they plunder it, you see. Like Kissinger said, and Brzezinski said, actually, Brzezinski said, I prefer, he says, if they were all just, uh, we destroy their countries, destroy their forms of government. Yeah, give them puppet governments, but make sure all factions are, are, are armed to the teeth so they'll fight each other for perpetuity, basically forever. And then the big boys go in with their mercenaries, ground and oil fields, and that's their land, you see, and they can take it all for nothing. Anyway, it's just it may be the start of the biggest oil job in the world. Each day, 20 workers from BP and China National Petroleum Corps buckled down to the task of prepping the Romelia oil field in southern Iraq for rapid development, it says here. And then you scroll down, and they worked out a contract between them. BP is the largest partner in the venture, right? They got that for nothing, by the way. In fact, you paid for it all. And the new refineries they wanted to put up there. They said that before the war, we want to destroy all the old refineries. So they bombed them all. And then the U.S. taxpayer primarily and Canada uh, involved as well, Britain, uh, built on brand new ones. And then they had a kind of raffle and gave it to BP. Yeah. Not bad, eh? Being a, a powerful elite at the top. It says it has a 38% stake, while the Chinese hold 37% of, and the rest is owned by an Iraqi company, which will probably be based, a lot of it's based there, but owned by foreigners too. So, so there you go, you know. It says the media focus has been on BP's decision to take up the Romela challenge for a low fee of only $2 for every barrel the venture produces. $2 a barrel oil, eh? What you paying? What you paying for gas? But the most important story could be China's role. CNPC's involvement brings together the country with the most rapid growth in energy demand in history, with a country that plans the greatest build-up of production capacity ever, says Alex Munton, an Iraqi specialist at Edinburgh-based oil consultants Wood Mackenzie. So, China's all over the place. Same thing happened, of course, in, in, in Afghanistan. The U.S. troops and other troops patrol the poppy fields, and they also guard the Chinese coming in to take out all the copper and minerals. Not bad. It's a good cabal, this, isn't it? Good cartel, this world conglomerate. Back with more after this. 
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're back, cutting through the matrix. And it's amazing, too, you see. These guys who run the banks have had, you know, many, many centuries of raising up empires, conquering and plundering, and then moving on to the next place after they, you know, squeeze out the tax at last place and plunder it too well, uh, leaving deserts behind them usually, and then move on to the next place. And this is how it's gone on for centuries and centuries. Uh, countries don't raise themselves up by their bootstraps and suddenly become awfully prosperous. It's because, you see, the guys with the money move in. <laughs> That's how it starts. And out go the loans, and uh, and entrepreneurs come along and take it up and uh, and run with it, basically, and end up paying it all back, of course. But that's the the key to the whole system is the money con game. And here's one. Here's China. China, the most favored nation traded in status it's got under the World Trade, uh, Trade Organization. We're all paying money. All the countries that signed them in to be the world's most favorable trading nation status country. We're paying for hospitals to get built now over there. Meanwhile, they've got multimillionaires from China running all over northern Canada killing polar bears for fun. Uh, it's okayed by the Korean government, though. You know these, and strange that all these, these warming nutters that were on all the polar bears, you know, they all drown. The, the, the pole is melting. There's not a, not not a, a whimper out of them about this mass slaughter going on, <laughs> because their bosses tell them stay out of it. You see, everything is a front, a front with bosses at the top. But anyway, China, this, these ones that pulled themselves up by their, their, their bootstraps and, and just made good in the world, you see, by saying basically, we'll take all your factories and they won't have to pay any taxes for 20 years. You can pollute as much as they want to get awfully cheap labor. And, uh, and at the end of that 20 years, if they haven't recouped what they thought they'd have got, they can extend it for another 20 years. How's that for a good deal? And that's why all your factories went up and left. And that's why you, the taxpayer, funded them all to leave. That was part of the, the agreement. Your tax money funded all your factories to go over to China and build them new ones. This is what they call democracy. And you, some people actually still believe in it. <laughs> China's oldest bank is expanding in New York, lending for trophy buildings as Europe's debt crisis sweeps away the last wave of other foreign financiers. I put other in there because it should, they, that's what they should have done there. The Bank of China Limited increases loans outstanding on U.S. properties fivefold to $2.6 billion since 2008, with most of that growth in New York, according to TREP LLC, a mortgage data provider. So it goes on about some of the, the big buildings, etc., that they're funding. And who else is in on it? It says, last, it says, the bank agreed last month to refinance the Mandarin Oriental Hotel in Columbus Circle, owned by Dubai's Istamar World PGSC. The Beijing-based state-backed bank is making inroads after European lenders, including Anglo-Irish Bank Core, pulled out of the market. Commerce Bank AG's real estate lending unit stopped competing, and Society Generale SA's paired assets, whatever that means. I'm not really up on all their, their rubbishy... Uh, joking lingo. But anyway, that's, that's where, uh, you know, they just pull themselves up by their bootstraps and stop making walks and started ch- chunking out cars, basically. And that's how it happens. You see, just magic stories like rags to riches. 
Now, I mentioned before about the Fabian Society, where the communists and the capitalists, uh, who always were together from the very beginning, funded by the same bankers, by the way. Because banks like socialist systems, governments can then come one-on-one to them and borrow for the whole nation, rather than different people in the nation going off and borrowing from the bank. And if it saves the banks from sending guys out to, to claim back anything on default, you see, the government will do it for them. They like this system. A trained society, you understand. And it says, here's where they're going with their, their, their Orwellian um, and new, brave new world indoctrination now. Now that we're living in a scientific socialist system, that was always the agenda. Science, you see, is the god, the new god, wearing a white coat. And I, over the years, I've watched this same con game getting pushed and pushed and pushed as they come in with their behavioral experts. And I can remember at school, they used to measure your eyes. How far apart were they? Then they'd look at your ears, just like they did in those old German movies just when World War II was starting. And, um, and they'd measure your, your, your forehead and things like that. And they've always got new things coming up, you see, it's always, and no kidding, in the 70s and 80s, it was still the ear. Oh, they had to study your ear. It was awfully interesting. The ears, or could, could say that you got criminal personality coming up, you see. But here you go, going further and further. And this article, it says, how a bad one, a child, can be spotted at the age of two and should be sent to discipline institutes at five, says the behavior czar. See, we've all got these guys appointed now on governments for weather and for everything else. Behaviors are, eh? And they have the massive funding and they have, he wants to start new schools up, you see, for children. It says, at risk of descending into a life of crime and aggression, they can and should be identified at the age of two, according to the government's discipline expert. These children are likely to go off the rails, should be likely to go off the rails at two should be sent to specialist behavioral institutions at the age of five. This is what the Soviets always wanted to get to that stage, but we're at it. To stop their bad behavior, escalating, says Charlie Taylor, whose report is likely to be endorsed in full by the government today. Taylor said nurseries should be able to spot children with behavioral issues. It's just like they spot them, and the teachers now spot them and say, you, you should be on drugs. And bang, before you know it, your brain shrinks and you're sitting there drooling and... You know, half listening. So those are behavioral issues and recommend them for specialist tuition to provide them with boundaries and social skills. Taylor says any child can go off the rails for a bit and what we need is a system that's responsive to them and helps them to get back on the straight and narrow rather than the government wants you to be all uniform and stupid and, and, and uh, timid. Timid is what they want, really, to authority. So there's an Antarctic article there, and then this one goes into a little bit deeper. I've mentioned the Tavistock unit before the clinic. Uh, there's a Tavistock Institute, and this is, a, this is based on, this is what's behind all of this. Let's get the youngs, you know. These guys were up and running at the time of the Fabian Society kicked in, and Fabian's, Fabian socialists all down the, the road who've talked about recreating humanity, you know. Um, have been working hard at this. I mean, I've got a tape up, up on the archives section with uh, Aldous Huxley talking about this wonderful uh, institute where that brains in folks and people's heads. I mean, wires in folks' brains, I should say. And uh, he thought this was wonderful. They could make them turn left and right and sit down and all that kind of thing. He thought it was great. 
that got him animated during this Berkeley speech. And that's what it's for. Now, Tavistock too was set up to create a kind of world culture for, for the future, for this century of change, the one we're in now. That's when they, all their ideas would come to the fore. And also they created the first massive, proper, workable propaganda system to get nations ready for wars. They're still working at all that. All the stuff you see working today in the U.S. is all from Tavistock, the propaganda techniques, and how the public receive it, even when it doesn't sound concrete enough, but they have other ways of getting around that, blocking your mind with repetition and, and various other things. Tavistock created all that. So the Tavistock Clinic is based in an anonymous concrete building in North London. Once there, you have to go to the third floor to find the Orwellian-sounding Gender Identity Development Unit. No kidding. The unit received £1,042,000 in funding last year from the local healthcare trust. It also gets millions directly from government agencies and foundations. In layman's terms, terms, it treats patients who believe they are trapped in the wrong body. Few would associate such a place with children barely old enough to attend school. But I emerged this week that a little boy called Zach Avery, just five years old, now wears his hair permanently in bunches after being assessed by experts at the Tavistock and coming out as a girl. And Zach is not an isolated case. It says... Over the past year, 165 children have been referred to the clinic's team of social workers, child psychotherapists, psychologists, and psychiatrists. It's a growing field, isn't it? A growing industry, isn't it? Number two, the whole idea with communism and socialism is that, you see, you, you're actually taught your genders. You're taught it, you see. And that's why they, they, they shut them in together and, uh, and make them wear all, even exchange their clothing and, and all that kind of stuff. Because girls are just the same as guys, and guys are just the same as girls, according to them. Or it should be that way. And they're really angry when you point out any other differences. They get awfully angry. You're, you, you hit their tender spot. Seven children under the age of five were officially diagnosed with gender identity disorder when a person is bo- born one gender but feels they are another. Now, some might ask whether it's not Zach, but his parents who need counselling for allowing him to go down this path, even when his grandparents believe he is just going through a phase. And it says the research supports their view. According to the Tavistock's own figures, up to 80% of youngsters who think they are the wrong sex will change their minds upon reaching adolescence. Nevertheless, a clinical trial is currently underway at Tavistock, which involves prescribing children from around the age of 12 with drugs to suspend puberty, thus preventing, so the theory goes, the mental anguish caused by the maturing of sex organs and changes in the voice. It also makes it easier for them to have gender-changing surgery, should they wish so, when they're older. Previously, children had to wait until they were 16 to get hormone-blocking injections in Britain, because apart from anything else, the effects on brain development, both uh, bone growth and fertility, are still unknown. That's not true. They've known for about 100 years what it does. Nevertheless, six children have already begun receiving the medication with the consent of their families, effectively reducing them to a state of biological neutrality. That's what they call it. What are you? Are you a boy or a girl? I'm in a state of biological neutrality right now. Others are expected to join the trial. Why did the National Research Ethics, see, I guess, bioethics, again, bioethicists, eugenicists, folks, you know, service, it's called a service, the body responsible for sanctioning such studies, give the go-ahead after initially refusing permission. We We can't tell you because it declined to elaborate on its decision. 
What we can say about the youngsters such as Zach Avery from Perfectly Essex is that 20 years ago their condition, if that's what it's called, didn't exist. Did not exist 20 years ago, folks. It's a TV-promoted thing. Through all your talk show hosts, you know, that get you all crying on television and the slightest thing and all that stuff. Gendered identity disorder was first identified as a syndrome by the American Psychiatric Association back in the 90s. It suddenly came there. Ooh, ooh. With the rise of the Internet, it quickly gained currency on the side of the Atlantic and elsewhere. Typing the words gender identity disorder, Google brings up more than 1 million results. There are 125 support groups for transgender people in Britain alone. At least four are specifically aimed at young children and teenagers. Zach's mother, Teresa, it seems, read about one of them in a magazine and answered an advert for the organization. That's when it all started, says Zach's grandmother, Christine Avery, who lives in Clacton. All this being the sorry saga of a boy who enjoyed dressing up in girls' clothes, ending up on the third floor of the Tavistock Institute. Mind you, they all watch that a strange cartoon they watched that got another one off in it too. The boy should wear little girls' clothes in a cartoon. That's what started it with the other one. <laughs> Until shortly before his fourth birthday in December 2010, Zaki, as his mum calls him, was just a normal little boy. Suddenly it became, he became obsessed with children's TV character Dora. The Explorer, Dora the Explorer it's called, wearing female uh, clothes and stopping playing with his Thomas the Tank engine. Then one day he announced, Mummy, I'm a girl. And he'd probably get taught that too at kindergarten. Mrs. Avery, 32, and husband Darren became increasingly worried about the son's behaviour. Took him to see the doctor. Eventually he was referred to Tavistock. His school, Perfleet Primary, was subsequently informed that Zach would be coming to class as a girl. Teachers allowed him to come to class in a girl's trouser uniform and black boots with a pink trim. And tell, again, the whole school has to be indoctrinated now. You've got to be nice. Don't laugh. Don't giggle. You've got to be nice. We've all got to change because of this one person here. You see? And the toilet block was made gender neutral, gender neutral, to accommodate his needs. The schools say the decision to refurbish the toilets was taken before Zach's change, but yeah, sure. Behind Zach's story is the inexorable rise of a, a new industry, which is subsidized largely by the taxpayer, is touching practically every aspect of public policy in Britain, just like global warming. Those diagnosed with gender, gender identity disorder, for example, can be prioritized by local councils for housing as vulnerable people. So a lot of perks do it as well. And this is prominent amongst its campaign groups is a Gender Identity Research and Education Society created in 1997, to transform attitudes in society to anyone who has undergone a gender change. It has provided a policy advice to the National Health Service. All these private organizations, well-funded, start giving advice to your National Health Service. And to the Association of Police Officers, the Crown Prosecution Service, the Department for Children's School of Families, and the Home Office, which awarded the charity a contract, a charity telling you what to do, right? to develop a toolkit to help schools combat transphobic bullying. Now, there's no such thing as transphobic or homophobic because phobic is a fear of, you see, if you're phobic about something. Just not liking something isn't a phobia, understand? But they, they use these neurolinguistic terminology to, to, to make you feel guilty about something. Why should you feel guilty about being repulsed by something? Hmm? Have you ever walked across a, a, a cow's field in a meadow and stood in something? No one taught you how to, to react to it, but everybody does. You're not phobic either. 
and 2010, Gyres received government funding of £35,115. This charity got government funding. The founders, Surrey couple Bernard and Terry Reid, whose adult daughter is a transsexual, were honoured with OBEs, Orders of the British Empire, in the same year, just for being transsexual. The chariot claims that around 1% of adults in Britain, based on their own report, roughly the population of Sheffield, experience some degree of gender variation, and on that basis, a typical primary school of 300 children would have three transgender pupils, although they may not be out. Well, they may not even be there. Alice is promoted. By monthly meetings of a trans youth group held at the Central School of Speech and Drama near the Tavistock Unit are advertised on one of the Gyre's websites. So it's a big growth industry now, you see. Um, so it, it comes out to how, it, how it train all of the society to accept this, you see, as a, just a new normal. And of course, even though these youngsters from the age of two and up are all getting taught uh, through primary care and so on, and kindergarten, it's all quite natural. You know, give your doll to Freddy there. Freddy wants it. Well, Freddy might want it because he doesn't like the little girl and he just wants to take everything away from her. You know, but no, that's not the answer anymore, is it? So what is, are, are they, are they aiming at this particular session group is called for mental well-being, sex and relationships? It says the answer is 13 to 25 year old trans people. Well, we know, we know a whole new dictionary before these charities are finished. These government-sponsored charities are finished, right? And then the organizers are not from Gyres, but from yet another group called, called Gendered Intelligence. One of this group's directors is Mark Jennett, a national advisor on the government's National Healthy Schools program. So guess what they're pushing in schools, folks? You better take two sets of clothing to school. Uh, until the teacher starts to like you. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back, cutting through the matrix. Just talking about children being diagnosed as possible criminals, you see. Get them into prisons or, oh sorry, it's really Clockwork Orange Institutes where they recondition you for the age of two. And then the other ones who watch these silly programs on television, cartoons, and want to change their gender because it's funny and everybody gives you a lot of attention as soon as you mention it too. A lot of attention. Yeah. But anyway, that's the way the world is. It's, it's being treated to be dysfunctional by uh, the eugenicists and psychiatry is really on par with Nazism, whether you like it or not. That's where it really came out in full force was during the Nazi era. And, of course, through the, the communists as well. They thought they could change anybody into anything. And, and maybe the way they're going, they're, they're right. Now, we've got Judy from Florida on the line. Are you still there, Judy? Hello, Judy. Um, I'm, having a, I'm having a bit of a problem with my phone, so I, it may cut out suddenly. I don't know. Okay. Um, I was calling about uh, the uh, announcement basically made um, before Congress by um, Secretary of Defense Leon Panetta, yeah. uh, basically you know, saying that Congress is now ceremonial when it comes to uh, initiating wars. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it seems as though we're going to be going into full-fledged war with uh, Syria and uh, Iran. Yep. Um, I was wondering uh, if you knew that along with that, that there was a... Uh, a resolution being put forth by um, Congressman uh, Walter Jones, uh, 
as a resolution of you know to you know proceed with impeachment um, of Barack Obama. I don't think it'll matter. I really don't think it'll matter. It's not the, the government you thought it was. And I've seen so many impeachments come forward in the past, and they never go anywhere. And every, you understand, too, when Netanyahu came over there to see Obama, and some of the primaries were still going on in the U.S. I think it was primaries. People were still. I thought Netanyahu was coming over to run for presidency. That's what I thought. Because the last time he was in, in Congress, he had, he had what was 102 or more standing ovations by the Congress, who all belonged to APAC, you know. So it's not your government. It's not your government anymore anyway. And Obama knows that as well. He's taking his orders. And the whole world is. So um, the money boys rule. Those who own the big, big bucks and the banks and who can close you down by pulling all your advertising out your newspaper overnight, which they've often done, uh, they rule the country and they have for an awful long time. But so these impeachments really are, are just... Um, Little panaceas to keep you busy uh, for a little while, thinking something might happen when it won't, you know. So I, I never really, you'll never get the backing for it. You know. Well, and there may be a, a few people at least that they sort of next question then is, is, uh, is there going to be sooner or later, because this is what we're being uh, pushed towards, is... Um, uh, some type of, of I, I don't want to use the term, uh, an escalation, I'm going to call it. And um, But how many foreign troops, how their brigade are they in the United States? You know, oh, well, I'll tell you, in the U.S., well, I don't know, but I, I know that from the 80s onwards, Canada and the U.S., in their own military bases, were training officers primarily at that time. From uh, 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 that was still the, the actually the seventies onwards the, the Soviet Union and the Soviet bloc countries, and I talked to some of them in Canada, and uh, they said they were training for uh, to, to understand the civil laws of the of Canada and the U.S. Uh, so there's only one possibility is that that's for like Rockefeller said you'll welcome them in eventually when at the right crisis. I think that's what they were there for. As officers, you must bring in first, teach them the basic laws of the country and how to get on with the public, how the, the psychology of the public uh, for, for crisis down the road. So the, we'll never know how many are here now. Actually, they're all intermingled now, to be honest with you as well. That's another thing too. But oh, thanks for... the music will be coming in so soon. It's, it's um, yeah, it's shame we yeah. can't talk a little bit more. Yep, Th- thanks for calling. Hamish Marcel from Ontario, Canada. It's good night to me. Your God or your God's goal with you.